Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Okay, sorry about that, folks. I apologize. My mic was not connected. Jeez. Good morning. Good evening, everyone. It's V, the Grill Economist, coming to you live on this edition of Rogue News in the Morning with the ma- without my main man, Okuko himself, who is uh, working the CBD track right now. He's uh, out on business, uh, taking care of business. And again, folks, you can support us over at uh, mycbdedibles.com, mycbdedibles.com. For all your CBD edible goodness, and also check out roguenews.com. It is the nexus point. It is the launch point for all things geopolitical, geostrategic, geoeconomic. So go check that out. Um, and with that being said, with that being said, uh, let's let's get into it, guys. There's a lot of things I want to discuss. I always talk about lots of things to discuss, but uh, let me just uh, get this going. The world is in crisis, my friends. The world is in crisis. And uh, before I get into the the crisis, I don't know if you guys uh, saw this or not. Let's run. I want to recap. There's a lot of important things that happened last week that I was going to put on roguenews.com. Well, this is going to wind up on roguenews.com anyway, but I might as well do it here. So this is going to be a lengthy show. Grab your dark roast, get your notebooks, and let's get into it. Ah. God. Kirkland's Best. Good old Costco's Kirkland's Best Colombian coffee. Absolutely delicious. Absolutely delicious. Okay. So, give me one. Bum, bum. Bum, 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 bum. Let's get into this real quick. I want to share this. Share screen. Hopefully the the audio is there too. Mm-hmm. No, don't work. 
See, folks, this is what happens when I don't have El Coco. Anyway, it doesn't matter. There we go. All right, you probably won't be able to hear the audio. Okay, it doesn't matter. The whole point is, this is, uh, you know, last week um, and this weekend, we had the uh, Russian mock. Can you guys hear this video or not? Or there's no sound coming from the video? All right, perfect. No sound. Okay, cool. All right, so anyway, let me uh, okay, let me let me recap this. Okay, so basically, folks, you had last week, you know, in this weekend, Mox twenty twenty one, which is the Russian uh, air industry show. Okay, for the air defense and all that, wrapped up, and uh, we've had the the checkmate fighter. I barely, you know, just base barely touched base on it and um, discussed it a little bit, and um, it's it's pretty remarkable. Okay, a lot of game-changing weapon systems were brought into play. The, what is, people are already calling it the SU-75 checkmate, right? This is a plane that's going to be checkmating the F-35 all over the world. This plane does a few things, okay? Not only, and there's the uh, MC-21, that's going to be a 737 competitor. There's the SU, that's a MiG-20, MiG-31, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, MiG-35. Jeez Louise. Need more dark roast. Need more dark roast. Anyway, let me stop the screen. Okay. Let me bring this out. No, I don't want to give that click over there. <laughs> Okay. Why am I talking about this plane? Why does it matter? How does this connect to the larger geopolitical play? Folks, what occurred last week? What occurred and what happened? Was so geopolitically, geostrategically important most people, the average layman, will see a debut of a new fighter jet or a new weapon system and say, oh, that's nice, that's cool, whatever. But for those who are analyzing this, those who watch the grand game, the great game being played out right before you, would understand that what we're witnessing here are not just mere displays or mere introductions or debuts of, of new hardware and new toys. What we're witnessing here is a signaling that the entire course of the geopolitical stratagem is changed. What we're witnessing is a paradigm-altering event. And folks, let me, let me explain to you. We are in such a state of affairs in the world the revolutionary weapon systems and technologies are part and parcel of a paradigm-altering change that we are witnessing. 
all the events that have occurred within the last decade, okay, in the last several decades, from the war on, war on terror, especially since the, you really want to count the change, since the Maidan in the Ukraine, and since the invasion of Syria, right? Yes, the U.S. invaded Syria using proxies, al-Qaeda al, al and al-Nursa and al-Kaboom and ISIS and all the other made-up names you want to call them, right? All of these were all signs on the road to a geopolitical change, which led to a Suez-like moment for the United States of America. And this is interesting, that Russia, who've had these weapon systems under wraps for several years, okay, this fighter was not made in about a day, wasn't made in a couple of months, it was years of development. Okay, and what we know about this, of course, this is the a next generation fighter plane. This utilizes stealth. This utilizes infrared search and track. This utilizes ACE radar systems. This utilizes thrust vectoring and advanced maneuverability. In other words, in part and parcel, this plane is a magnitude greater than the F-35. It is phenomenally a better piece of kit than the F-35 and is done at fraction of the cost. It is said that Russia, the Russian economy is nothing but a, but a gas station disguised as a country. Western analysts laugh and scoff, and when I sit with them and they, they say things like, well, you know, the, uh, Russia's economy is about the size of New York. <laughs> and explain to me, oh, great analysts and scholars, how a country that supposedly has an economy the size of New York, that supposedly has a very, is, is, is just nothing but a gas station disguised as a country, right? Explain to me how they are able to not only create, but to, but to, but to create organically and within themselves weapon systems. Let's, say, let's just say a rocket, right? How are they able to produce a rocket from scratch, from start to finish, all by scratch, homemade, and countries like Germany can't do it. How is it possible that they could build uh, aircraft carriers? How is it possible they could build submarines, nuclear power advanced next generation submarines, if their economy is the only size of New York? How is that possible? Because you got to understand something. The metrics that the Western analysts and economists and whatnot utilize to measure the West's phony baloney economy and what the rest of the world uses is two different things, folks. So what this is doing, this, this plane right here, that we're just looking at this plane, this is a shot across the bow. This is a, 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 a trumpet sound stating that there is a country out there that not only matches the United States in many regards, but supersedes them in a myriad of different ways. And this is showing that many countries who are getting picked on, who are getting, who are getting uh, uh, um, bullied, by Uncle Schmuck on the global stage, that they have somebody to call on. They have somebody to run to, because unlike Uncle Schmuck, and what Uncle Schmuck has done to the Afghans, which is very similar to what Uncle Schmuck has done to the Kurds in northern Iraq during the first Gulf War, when, read my lips, no new taxes, right? Mr. George H.W. Bush, Poppy, a.k.a. Poppy Bush, the 
the drug-running, narco-trafficking CIA director who became vice president and president, Poppy Bush, right? When he went in, what did he say? He, he says that he will come in and they will, uh, they will support the, the Kurds in the north, which never happened, and we all know the story that they all got gassed. Well, the Afghans have woken up to the realization that the Uncle Schmuck has done the same thing. And isn't it funny? The reason why I'm bringing up this plan again, folks, alongside with the Russian S-500 weapon system that was also revealed this week, and the test of the Zircon hypersonic missile, which, again, it was a sustained speed of Mach 7, 5,400 miles per hour. It is basically moving at 2 miles a second. I mean, just, just get that in your head. A missile that is moving at 2 miles per second. Okay, and it's capable of Mach 10. And that's about the slowest hypersonic they have. They have the Kinzel, which is a Mach 20. So you just do the math, right? So they're debuting all these weapon systems. And they debuted it this week for a reason. I mean, this past week for a reason. It was hot on the heels of what? What occurred? The U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan. Granted, there's some overly enthusiastic private military corporations who are so emboldened by their capabilities that they think they're going to go in there and they're going to maintain control while the U.S. pulls out. I will tell you right now, if the Taliban will make mincemeat out of any private contracting company operating there. The Taliban leadership once said, the United States has all the clocks, but we have all the time. Afghanistan is, from a geostrategic point of view, an abysmal failure. It has done nothing to better the United States. It has done nothing to improve the image of the United States. And it has done nothing for the benefit of Afghanistan. Tens of thousands of lives were lost. Thousands of, of Americans have died, and, and many more have been injured. We have lost over $5.5 trillion that we know of. It's possibly even more, definitely more, on this. So what is the gain? There, nobody gained from Afghanistan except Raytheon. Nobody gained except Lockheed. Nobody gained except the defense contractors. Nobody gained except the companies like Halliburton and Bechtel and G4S and Booz Allen. Nobody gained except those companies and all the banks that are attached to the portfolios of those companies and those banks that really call the shots for those companies. And what I mean by that is as these companies do things for what is beneficial for our stock price, what is beneficial for our market cap. So in other words, they have to, whatever the hell they do, look at it from the position of, of, of what, what investment banks see their valuation as. So their actions will reflect that. So who cares, they'd say. 
They don't give a damn if America's reputation was dragged through the mud. They don't care if America has ineffective weapon systems. They don't care if America's looked at as the big bully on the block. They don't care if America looks like, like a, some sort of a schizophrenic psychopath. America right now on the world stage looks like a schizophrenic psychopath who's sitting in a chair and is trying to bite his own face. You ever seen that, folks? You ever walk through an asylum? You ever walk through a mental hospital? I have. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> was shocking. You got people sitting there on the chairs trying to bite their own face. I'm not trying to make light of the situation with mental health. I'm not trying to make fun of that at all, but I'm just trying to give you an impression. And sometimes painting the most austere out there imagery is usually the best way of cementing the meaning deep within our psyches. So imagine somebody sitting there with their straight jacket and they're, they're sitting on a chair and they're trying to bite their own face. You know, they're trying to turn around and bite their own face, snapping their teeth, right? That's what the U.S. looks like. A toilet bowl of crap. And we're swirling it. We have state and local leaders in many states that have no idea. There's now talk of the Delta strain of the COOF going around. The Delta strain. Oh, yeah. And the Delta strain ain't cutting it. If that's not building enough enough fear into the system, well, the Lambda strain is coming in. And you have uh, certain Western countries that are beta testing. You can't go nowhere. You can't go to a restaurant. You can't go to a pub. You can't go anywhere unless you have a proof of the, of the, uh, of the jab. If you do not think, if you, folks, let me tell you this. When I talk to regular schmegular people, you start to realize how devoid of reality they are. Their mind is not even on a track of critical thinking. It's not even on the same pedestal. Any one of you in the chat rooms, I can go there and I could talk to any one of you guys and you guys would get it. We could, we could have a conversation. We could have some coffee. We could eat some food. We could discuss so many different things, right? We get it. We understand because why? Our minds are on a specific track. We've unplugged from the matrix. But the regular, regular, schmegular American hasn't. He's still plugged into the two-party system. The regular schmegular American thinks that in 2022 they're going to vote themselves out. They're going to vote themselves out of this mess. Don't worry. The Republicans are coming to displace the Democrats. I've said it for years. There are two wings on the same dragon. It's incredible. Absolutely incredible. I'm going to show you something else, folks. Actually, let me you know, touch base on that. Um, yeah, it's 100. Watch this, this, this funny joke real quick. UK to permanently deploy naval vessels to the South China seas amid regional tensions. In the midst of all this stuff, in the midst of their economies falling apart in the West, in the midst of Western leaders Again, being on display for the world to be the most incompetent, most banal creatures, most banal creatures the world has ever seen, they're still doing that knee-jerk reaction, what they always need, which is always provocation of war. 
The United Kingdom has announced plans to permanently deploy a fleet of naval vessels to Japan, sailing through the South China Sea as Western countries increase engagement in the Pacific region. The UK announced on Tuesday that it will per be permanently deploying two naval vessels to water surrounding Japan later this year, ahead of the HMS, the PMS Queen Elizabeth. <laughs> That's a sitting duck. The PMS Queen Elizabeth, kind of like the uh, the uh, PMS Pretender. That um, it's called the HMS Defender. I call it the PMS Defend uh, Pretender. That sailed into the uh, into the cat into the Black Sea and was chased out by Russia. Following on from the strike group's inaugural deployment, the United Kingdom will permanently assign two ships in the region from later this year. UK Defense Minister Ben Wallace said in Tokyo in a joint press conference, we will respect China, and we hope that China respects us, says the mouse that, ro that roared. We will sail what international law allows, right? Sure, Ben, sure. Wallace stated that the British vessels will not be specifically based at a Japanese port, but will patrol the surrounding waters. Now, you got to understand, none of these vessels the Brits have. They have one. They have one functional destroyer in the entire British fleet. This is a joke. The backlog for the UK's, the British Navy, in terms of the maintenance backlog on their ships, stretch to infinity. The only Navy that is in a more worse, more dilapidated shape than the British are us, the U.S., our maintenance backlog on the vast majority, the vast majority of our ships also stretches to infinity times 10th to the second power. The UK has one functional battleship. They have an aircraft carrier called the Queen Elizabeth, which is gas-powered, by the way. All right? it's, it, 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 it requires fuel. To keep going, it's not nuclear powered. It can't stay out in the ocean forever. They're going to fly this thing with a bunch of with F thirty fives that can barely function, and they're going to go. They're going to go threaten China. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard, folks. But they don't care. They don't care because it reflects. It hides. It reflects the narrative of number one. Ooh, China did the virus. China's the bad one. They did it. It's the Chinese. China virus. Even though we had coof samples in the sewage systems in both Rome, in Italy, and in Spain, we've had antibody samples in the United States. All of these that I just mentioned going back till early November, late October, way before the first case even appeared in Wuhan. But it's the China virus. Do you see the deception? They need to keep the narrative going. They need to keep the 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 the, the your focus. They need to keep your focus on the red dragon, the communist Chinese. Meanwhile, they're putting the finishing touches of ending your of ending the economy. They're putting the finishing touches on destroying the economies in the Western world. Folks, not a single Western economy is in any sort of shape. They're all facing the same problems. Think about it. You think about this for a second. Every Western company, company, every Western country is having a political crisis 
of either nationalists versus globalists or people that love liberty and freedom versus those who love the, who who love and worship the state. Every Western country is an economic basket case. Every Western country is going through an immigration crisis. Whether it's North Africans flooding Europe or Central and South Americans flooding through Mexico into the U.S. border. Everybody's having a migration crisis. Everybody's having a political crisis. Everybody's having a populist crisis. Everybody's having a budgetary crisis. Everybody's having an economic crisis. Everybody's having a COVID crisis. Everybody's get, don't know what to do with their with, with the COVID shots and don't know what to do with the vaccine. And everybody's running around with their hair on fire. And everybody's rioting. And there's a breakdown of law. And everybody hits the police. And everybody's on top of all this. Everybody's woke. On top of it all, everybody's woke. This is the West. This is the West. It's incredible. And on top of all this, now they're they're pushing the the final laws, right? Here here in the U.S., we have uh, J.P. Morgan announced that they're going to allow uh, private investors to have access to cryptographic currencies. Uh, what, folks? I told you as soon as as soon as Jamie Dimon said, "Hey, you know what? Uh, we're gonna uh, we're, we're gonna I'll fire any trader who's buying Bitcoin, right?" I told you that they were backing up the truck. That was years ago, like three years ago. I've you know been in uh, some communiques years ago with some top level execs over at JPM. Especially one of the head dudes over at their compliance and risk office, right? I knew that they were buying Bitcoin at an alarming rate. So now here they are. We're going to present Bitcoin to you. And I knew the beatdowns in price. Every time the price was beaten down, I knew it's, it's consolidation. Now comes the fear factor. Now comes the control, right? Because they need to push out, they need to push out their product, which are ETFs, where they want you, the public, to invest in the ETFs. They don't want you having your own wallets and your own keys. Look at this beta test that they're pulling in Europe. EU to prohibit anonymous wallets for cryptocurrencies, such as Bitcoin, according to new law amendments proposed by the European Commission today. This is from Reuters. Okay. <clears throat> and this is also EU to tighten rules on crypto asset transfers from Reuters. Companies that transfer Bitcoin or other crypto assets must collect details of senders and recipients to help authorities crack down on dirty money. It's all about dirty money, right? You see, folks, if you're trying to, if you're out there, you're trying to earn an honest buck and earn an honest living. You're dirty money. Meanwhile, these assholes could blow thirty-seven trillion dollars in unwarranted perpetual wars, and they're not 
brought you know, they're not brought between you know to a firing squad to be sh- to be shot at. They're not hanging from lampposts. They're not going to jail. Thirty-seven trillion dollars is, is is like three generations worth of wealth wiped out. They could do that, but as soon as you try to have an you know you try to earn an honest living, <sighs> dirty money. Dirty money. They can create the financial crisis of 2008, blow the whole damn system up, get bailed out. Nobody goes to jail. And then they can come back and and, and not even fix the problems and the systemic things that were broken in the system so it never happens again. No, 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 no. You see, the geniuses in the Western culture They came back and they exacerbated it. They made it 10 times worse. 10 times worse. But when you try to make an honest living, if you try to take profit, ooh, it's dirty money. Folks, anybody who's knows this by now, Bitcoin is not private. It's easily trackable. But they want to control the whole entire thing. See, they're not content. Well, let me explain something to you. A bank's KYC AML, and as somebody who's done offshoring in the past before, and somebody who was very privy to the to the international banking, I will tell you it is extremely, extremely difficult for you being an American citizen trying to open up an, a, a foreign seas overseas bank account, especially with the you know with the direct uh, interests in utilizing cryptocurrencies. No bank would want to take you. Number one, you're American. Number two, you're dealing with cryptos. It's two red flags right there. Even non-U.S. citizens, there was a, there was, you know, there, there are people that I know of that are in Asia, that are in Europe. They're, hey man, you know, I'm, I'm limited. I, you know, I want to liquidate uh, cryptos, and they're, and these are family offices, man. These are like investment firms and family offices, and they're like, look, I'm trying to, you know, we're involved in some crypto trades, but we're trying to liquidate. We want to liquidate a, you know, a couple million dollars worth of crypto out of our funds. We can't do it. Our banks are limiting us to no more than $200,000 a month, $500,000 a month, a million dollars a month if you're lucky. But I haven't seen anything past five hundred, dollars And they can't liquidate. They can't liquidate at all. So they're already controlling the on-ramps and the off-ramps. But that's not enough. Companies that transfer Bitcoin, they must collect all the details of the senders and recipients. Right. Right. The law proposed by the EU would apply to what is known as a travel rule to crypto transactions to make them traceable. The rule, which is one of the recommendations of the intergovernment watchdog, the financial, uh, FAT, F, the Financial Action Tax Force, already applies to wire transfers. Today's amendments will ensure full traceability of crypto asset transfers such as Bitcoin and will allow for the prevention and detection of their possible use for money laundering and terrorism financing. Do you see that, look, if you're a terrorist, guess what the number one currency that you utilize is? The U.S. dollar. You ain't using Bitcoin. Can you imagine the battlefields of of northern Syria? Wait wait for me, Walid. What are you doing? I'll tell you right now. 
hurry up give me the bitcoin address i need it i need it give it to me hold on i don't have internet connection let me try to get internet connection i will try to get hold on my phone is not working my phone is not working hold on i don't have reception here there is no 5g i cannot have access to nazir how can i how can i send you the the crypto i, do, I don't have it i don't have the crypto my phone is not connecting. I don't have 5G here in uh, northern Afghanistan. I don't have it. That's what you think? They, they think ISIS fighters are running, and they got their iPhones and their Android phones with them. They got their Galaxy phones with them, and they're running, and they're fighting. Should, hold on. We need more terrorist financing. Wait, wait. Let me scan your QR code. Can you come? Okay, good. I'm going to send you a test transaction. Verify it for me, please. Okay, I got the test transaction. Okay, good. I will send the rest now. You think they got time to do that crap? Okay, Walid. Yes. I have uh, got your Bitcoin. Uh, now, what do I do? How do I buy AK-47? Uh, I don't know. How do you buy AK-47? I, I need dollars. How do I get dollars? Uh, what are they supposed to leave the battlefields in northern Syria? Go, go find a JP Morgan. Or better yet, go find a Wells Fargo. <laughs> Wells Fargo, the or an HSBC, the two of the most terrorist-friendly banks in God's green earth. Hello, my name is Walid Al Salam Al Al Kaboom. I'm looking to open up an, a checking account. Oh, very good, sir. Very good. Um, what will be utilizing this account for? I I want to be able to uh 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 I'm I'm trying to uh, you know the, the get out the, the Bitcoin and get into dollars. I want to sell it and uh, I want to buy AK-47. You want to do what, sir? I want to buy AK-47. Uh, Mr. Walid, we, we simply do not do that here at this bank. Well, what do you mean? Well, sir, we do not do this at, the, at, the, at this bank, sir. We do not do that. Can you imagine? But that's what they want you to think. That they're terrorists running around their, their, their terrorist get-ups, their camo, you know, Middle Eastern garb, right? The, the, the fancy ones that the U.S. military made for, for uh, ISIS, right? In the middle of, a, of those battles and shootouts and airstrikes and bombs going off, they're like swapping Bitcoin wallet addresses. Are you shitting me? No, no, no. This ain't for terrorist financing, folks. This is for you. Why is that? Because you're involved. See, as, as the Western civilization collapses, as Western society swirls the toilet bowl to build back better, they are on a wealth extraction scheme. And whatever they can get out of you, Real and or perceived and or a digital asset and or a, a gold and or a pro whatever the hell they can get out of you, they're going to squeeze it out of you. A company handling crypto assets for a customer must include the customer's name, address, date of birth, account number, and the name of the person who will receive the crypto assets. I mean, Jesus Christ, dude. They're testing it. They want to bring it everywhere. They want to bring it everywhere. Incredible. Incredible. Hmm, some of my links aren't working. The noose is tightening. And what this EU law shows me Right, because we're always like to talk about the communists, the communists. We have the communists here. 
I'm not worried about the the Chinese Communist Party in China. They're more free market than most people, most politicians here in the United States. In fact, I think the Chinese Communist Party's biggest problem has the word communist in there. They should just rename it the Chinese Civilization Party. I'm not worried about the, the Communist Party in China. I'm worried about the Communist Party here. You see, the Communist Party here are these rejects who've been radicalized by late 60s morons who swallowed the, 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 the poison pill of communism and Marx. I'm worried about the ones here. And they're the ones on a full-on frontal assault. And granted, again, and that's at one level, but at a higher level, folks, is the fascism here. And they, in the majority of the population, cannot they cannot identify nor detect that the real fascist is the corporate government link. Any the best example of that? Look, look at look at Jeff Bezos and his literal crotch rocket. I mean, we always call like sport bikes and stuff like that crotch rockets, right? But Jeff Bezos literally had. A crotch rocket take him to space. Right? He literally had a dildo rocket ship. So this idiot could go into near orbit and throw Skittles at each other like a bunch of morons. Preposterous. The American taxpayer, he shouldn't be out there saying, I want to thank all the Amazon customers for making this happen. No, you should be, he, what he should be thanking and what he didn't thank is the American taxpayer because that's what you don't, what Americans don't realize. You are subsidizing this moron, this idiot. You're subsidizing him to go to space on your dime. You're subsidizing your your money. You're paying for Amazon. You're paying for Tesla. You're paying for all it all. And you're going to like it. Fascism at its finest. NASA giving props to Bezos' blue origin. It's unbelievable, folks. Unbelievable. It's all about wealth extraction. Now watch this. Recently, it was described through sources. This is here. Sources described to us a very tense dynamic as the U.S. warns Ukraine that going public with opposition to the forthcoming deal with Germany 
could damage the U.S.-Ukraine relationship. Biden administration also warning Ukrainians not to discuss with Congress where Ukraine has lots of allies. What's he talking about? The U.S. because it's just the, because it's the biggest, baddest uh, dog on the block, or so it thinks. It's really a toothless Chihuahua shivering in the cold. That's what the U.S. really is—a toothless Chihuahua shivering in the cold rain on a back alley street under a cardboard box. That is the image of the United States on the global scale. And what they want, what what, what the U.S. is telling is telling Ukraine is, listen, hey, look, I know you don't like the whole Germany. Russia, Nord Stream 2 deal. I know we said we're going to sanction the hell out of them. And, you know, and, and, and now the world sees that our sanctions are absolutely useless. They're worthless. They can't do nothing about it. can't stop a, a real world power. I know you're, you're upset about that. And we gave the blessings to Germany. And we're, you know, <laughs> and think about how funny this is, right? They're telling the Ukrainians, we're going to fight the Russians. We're going to support you to fight the Russians. We're going to do that. We're going to make it happen. We're going to help you support the we'll support you to fight the Russians. We're going to fight the Russians to the last Ukrainian. Right? Gaslighting the Ukraine. Think about how duplicit this is. How many months, folks? Do you remember back in, uh, what, April? The whole Ukraine situation was being gaslit by the idiot, by the cardboard cutout-in-chief, and by the morons in the White House, the Yale and Harvard graduates, the idiots. And they were just gaslighting the whole Ukraine situation. Remember that? Oh, my God. And the Ukraine's about to go to war. Oh, my God. Zelensky, the Jewish comedian who leads an army of neo-Nazis. You couldn't write this. Like, I was peeing in my pants from laughter. You couldn't write this. But they wanted you to think that the Jewish comedian who leads an army of neo-Nazis, this is the, oh my God, who writes this stuff, is incredible, is going to go ahead and go to war with Russia. They're going, to, they're going to go to war in Donbass. And NATO was getting ready. NATO. 60% of NATO aircraft are dilapidated, can't even take to the air. They're not even mission capable. NATO's ready. The German military training with painted black broomsticks. Because they're so broke, they can't even afford firearms. Look it up. Google it. German Wehrmacht. Their army. Going to, you know, they're, they're, tra- they're on training missions with black br- painted broom handles because they cannot afford an actual gun. They're getting ready to go to war against Russia, the big bad bear. And then what happened? In a matter of days, Putin mobilized a massive, massive force to the point that the Western leaders and the military strategists in the West literally, like, had a heart attack. They could not believe how a force that big could be mobilized so quickly and put right on the Russian border and Putin looked at these guys and said, fuck around and find out. Fuck around and find out. And so the U.S. blinked. 
So the U.S. who was hyping up <laughs> Ukraine saying, go to war. We're going to support you 100%. We got you. We're going to give you all the men and material. We're going to give you some, some up-armored Humvees. And we're going to put some Patriot missile batteries and, and M1A1 Abrams uh, battle tanks that, that light up like Roman candles. Yeah, we're going to hook you up, man. We're going to hook you up. Just go. Go to war with Russia. Go ahead. We're going to support you. That was in April. <laughs> And then this month, hey, listen, uh, look, here, here's the deal, Ukraine. Um, I know we told you we're going to support you and go to war with Russia, but uh, and then we kind of flipped the script and said, uh, yeah, the whole war with Russia thing is not going to work because, uh, yeah, it just doesn't seem in our best interest. And this is right after the show of force. Okay, this is right after the show of force, right? Yeah, uh, we're not going to – and that whole NATO membership we talked to you about, yeah – yeah, we don't think that's going to happen either. Uh, also, Nord Stream 2, the whole pipeline between Russia and Germany. Yeah, we're going to let that happen because we really can't do nothing to stop it. And, oh, by the way, you're not going to say nothing about it, okay? Thanks. What I just described to you, as funny and humorous and as stupid as it is, that is American foreign policy working on that show. Did you see, if you really think about what I just said, do you see the nuanced insanity and stupidity at every level? Do you see how stupid they were? Here they are coaxing war. They're coaxing war with Ukraine. All the, all the same time, they're in the back door negotiating with the Russians. Please don't, please don't blow us out of the sky. Please don't blow us out of the water. Please don't make us look bad. And in the end, the U.S. still looks bad. And now the Ukrainians, the Jewish comedian who leads an army of neo-Nazis, Zelensky, is like, so wait a minute. They have totally screwed me. They made me look like Jekes. Yeah. Again, and the world took notice. The average American don't hasn't take notice because he's too busy whether he should wear a mask, whether he shouldn't wear a mask, should he have two shots, maybe three shots. Um, you know, maybe what gender he is this week. You know, he's struggling with real problems. Should he go back to work when, like, you know, he's making, you know, 60 grand a year, staying home? Should he go back to work? He doesn't know. But don't, and then the other side of America is thinking that Donald Trump's going to come back and, and he's going to vote, you know, we're going to vote our way out of this in 2022 and win the presidency. I mean, this is clowns. This is, this is all levels circus, man. All levels of circus. So they're not paying attention to this, but the rest of the world did. The rest of the world said, hey, holy shit. Uncle Schmuck, Uncle Schmuck's leadership and foreign policy follies are at play again. Wow. And then two weeks ago, Uncle Schmuck in the middle of the night just like the parody news site, The Onion documented several years ago, U.S. leaves in the middle of the night, has come to pass. And the rest of the world's like, holy crap. Now the U.S. is saying, we're going to have airstrikes against uh, the Taliban, blah, blah, blah. And the Russians and the Chinese are coming in to fill the void, and Afghanistan could possibly turn out to be a, a somewhat prosperous country. I don't know how that's going to look under the Taliban. I, I feel, oh, God, the Taliban. It is what it is. 
Afghanistan is a war-torn country who's only had very few moments of of peace. They're used to that. Warfare is something they're used to. They're going back under the gun. They're going back under the gun. Que sera, sera. It is what it is. It is what it is. But the world sees Uncle Schmuck. He's no leader. He's no deal maker. You cannot trust him. And he's no superpower. On top of that, his markets are bullshit. His economy is fake. And his population is filled with idiots. Wow, we've done a great job, haven't we, people? We've done a bang-up job in 200 years. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Kevin Shepard is is right. We are living at Le Shrugged, 100%. 100%. But don't worry. And we have the situation in South Africa. South Africa is in Bedlam. Right? Here's David Cole. He tweeted this on Twitter. Throughout the Trump years, I tried to help a friend immigrate here from South Africa. She jumped through every legal loophole. No dice. Trump talked a good game on denouncing the killings of farmers, but in the end, he did nothing to help white South Africans. All tweets, no action. I don't know if you guys saw the image out of South Africa. Let me let me let me pull this image up because I I want y'all to see what this looks like. Right? The absolute state of South Africa. <laughs> Give me one second as I as I pull this up because this is important. Because this is not only happening in South Africa, but now you have crisis in Cuba. Okay. Watch this, folks. Okay? This is uh, uh, the shopping mall over there in, in South Africa, Johannesburg, Checkers Reserve Hills, Reservoir Hills. Okay? It's, it's completely gone, abandoned, right? <sighs> Let's forward it. Look. This is a farm. This is a livestock farm. Look at them. They're walking out with chickens. Goats are in shape. The goats are like, oh, crap. I'm going to be killed sooner than I thought. This is, if you're in Chicago, you're in New York, you're in L.A., get ready. Here we go. Look at this. Forklifts. How resourceful. Because, there you go. 
couple of televisions, a few big screens, a couple of furniture. They're ready to go. Mm-hmm. We must fight against the, the, the revolutionary press. What are they looting against? You have a completely black government. You have a completely black presidency. You have blacks in every position of power. What, what the hell is this about, man? Liz, just to stop the looters, I mean, business owners have uh, put down oil to, shop the, to stop the looting, but the looting doesn't stop because... And watch this. Look, look, look at this scene. This is This is crazy, man. This is insanity. No, whites don't run the government, bro. Sorry, M. Sway. I know a lot of South Africans, and I do business in South Africa. Whites don't run the government. And this is not a white or black thing. This is what breakdown looks like, man. This is what economic mismanagement looks like. This is what classism looks like. All right? Look at this. Yep. This is coming to you. Listen to this. One. Now, now, after all the farms have been looted and you kill farmers and you loot all the uh, the livestock slaughterhouses and all these other things, this is what happens. Watch. Look at the lines. People standing in line to get food. Hey, Brandon. Brandon's watching us from LAPD headquarters. Shout out to Brandon. Brandon, you know, bro, LA is not too far behind this. Neither is New York. Neither is Chicago. Look at that. And when you get behind the, the, the emotional rhetoric behind apartheid, just look at the metrics. Just look at the metrics. Blacks under apartheid in South Africa versus blacks under non-apartheid today in South Africa. The the, the metrics, the data, okay, and you got to be apathetic towards it. You got to be not having no emotion, just being clinical about it. They did better. They did better. Not saying um, I'm no fan of apartheid, and look, I'm not white, so I'm a POC from NY. This is terrible, but this is what breakdown looks like. Unbelievable, folks. This is at one time one of the most powerful economies out there. They're on the verge. I mean, Operation Gold Coast. They're on the verge of creating. Um, they're they're about to be a nuclear power. And then the uh, the Anglo American power structure pulled the plug on them. They said, Ah, no, 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 no. <laughs> Mad Max is funny. You sure they're not waiting in line for a new iPhone? <laughs> now this will be in 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 the U.S. when the iPhone 13 launch. <laughs> Oh my god, I have to get an iPhone 13. It's the same as the iPhone 12, 11, 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, 4. The same phone as I have in my pocket, but I gotta wait online to get a new one. Look at this. This is insane. Insane.
Unreal. Unreal. And then you have this this the situation. Right? The crisis in Ethiopia. Right? Journalist Reina Kalik of Breakthrough News. He details Ethiopia has been in the headlines in recent months as the Tigray People's Liberation Front, a Targaryen group. Targaryen sounds almost like Game of Thrones, right? Last of the Targaryens. Rebel group that ruled the country for three decades violently seized the northern Ethiopian state of Tigray from the government. As of early this week, the Ethiopian government had declared a ceasefire. However, the TPLF has continued fighting to expand its control over Tigray's border areas and threatening to push the war into neighboring countries. The Western media has largely cheered on the TPLF and demonized the Ethiopian government and its allies. With allegations of ethnic cleansing, intentional famine, and even genocide, the U.S. has gone so far as to place sanctions on the Ethiopian government, which is a longtime U.S. ally. But as is usually the case with most wars in geostrategic areas of the world, there's far more to the story than what is being told and a whole lot of misleading information. Hmm. Can you imagine? I wonder what Ethiopia has. What is, what's Ethiopia sitting on? Why do they want... It, it seems like any sort of made-up ethnic group could emerge anywhere in the world, and Uncle Schmuck would support it. Only if said ethnic group that rises up or said political opposition that rises up happens to be in a geostrategically important area of the world that just happens to sit on mineral wealth, that just so happens to sit on oil. And then all of a sudden, yes, we, we absolutely support the Tigray people. Uh, sir, who are the Tigray people? Um. Uh, uh, they're, they're Targaryens. Have you seen? Have you not seen Game of Thrones? Have you not seen Game of Thrones? They're Targaryens. Clearly, the Targaryens are fighting for their rights in Ethiopia, and we must support them. But sir, the Targaryen liberation—that's that, like a made-up country. That's like a made-up ethnic. We don't care that we have to recognize them. Well, what about Palestinians? Oh, Palestinians—they're—they're they're just a—that's just a made-up thing. So the Palestinians are made up. But the Targaryens aren't. Now, have you not, again, have you not seen Game of Thrones? U.S. foreign policy logic at its finest. Oh, my God. Divide and conquer. Folks, let me explain something to you. Why do you think they, they want? Let me, let me explain something. The, the, these idiots, they want polarization. They know the country's dead. I'm talking about us, the U.S., they want polarization. Blue gets bluer, red gets redder. And one is against the other's throat. It's going to be easy, easier to put the finishing financial touches upon all of you. It's going to be easier to rob you blind if you're distracted. Thinking some purple-haired beaver bumper is your enemy, number one. Thinking that the communist Chinese are your enemy, number one. Thinking that some some commie uh, fascist in, in Amazon who likes to fly in a cock-shaped rocket is enemy number one. Him and his dildo rocket. But you never see the real bad guys. You never see Wall Street. You never see the City of London Corporation. 
You never see them. Because they understand the country's it's the country's done, it's over, it's finished, it's dead. It's who's gonna survive the bankruptcy on the other side of this thing is the biggest question. Is it gonna be you? Or is it gonna be them? Do you go John Wick? Or do you go John Galt? Or do you just simply go John Candy? Choice is yours, folks. But such is the state of the world we live in. Such is the state of the world we live in. The breakdowns will continue. It will continue to exacerbate. Wayne's asking, how do we destroy this insane power structure? You can't. It's too damn big. It's too damn bloated to destroy. You have to. The only way. the You don't destroy the power structure. The power structure will destroy itself. It will collapse onto its thing. What you need to do is you need to figure out at a state and local level to be energized and unified in order to survive the other end of this thing so that you can rise up and reclaim what belongs to this country and somehow refashion it to the intents, the designs, and the wishes of our founding fathers and the Constitution. That's the best case scenario. But the power structure understands it's going bankrupt. What they want to do is they want to be the auctioneers on the fire sale of the United States of America. That's all this is, folks. That's why the multinationals exist. This is a cadre of parasites, of multinational parasites. They just want to be the auctioneers of the fire sale that is the United States of America. Perfect example, when Greece Greece was going through its collapse, when they were going through their austerity, and austerity is coming here, baby. You better believe it. When Greece was going through their austerity, it was a fire sale. People were selling off. I mean, the, the Greek government was selling off islands and utilities and natural resources and mineral rights and water rights and fishing rights to the highest bidder. And, of course, the politicians made a killing. They made their money on it. We're going to be just like Greece, but a thousand times worse. What What do you mean I can't go into that national park over there? What do you mean it, it, it just sold to China because of the, for the debt? Oh, that's been sold to France? I can't go there? What? My neighborhood parks have just been sold to Djibouti. Where the hell is Djibouti? It's a small country in Africa? Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. You are fighting against your impending bankruptcy. That's what you're fighting. You're fighting those who will be the auctioneers of all your assets and your liquidation when the time comes. That's what this game is all about. Trump is a distraction. Anybody who thinks, save America. (laughs) If you're really serious about saving America, if the American people were really serious about saving America, they will surround Washington, D.C., armed to the teeth. They will arrest every single politician 
they will arrest and 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 liquidate every single bureaucratic department of the United States every single one of them bring them to trial bring them to justice and then execute the majority of them that ain't going to happen don't hold your breath the average american likes to walk around and talk tough he likes to ride his pickup trucks and have his ar and go to militia parties in the woods where grown men wear camo and play and play leapfrog over each other and act tough and say axioms america cook yeah that's what they like to do apart from that they don't know what warfare is going to look like look this country's never faced a war of annihilation. It's never faced that. And the Revolutionary War and the Civil War don't count, Bubba. That is nothing. You haven't faced a war of annihilation. There are other countries in the world that have. And they know what that's like. What we have is a bunch of Hollywood bravada that's been psycho-programmed into the American male's psyche. That we're going to just we're gonna win. We're the most medicated population on God's green earth. We're the one, one we lead the world in obesity rates, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, mental problems. We lead the world in. We consume damn near ninety percent of the world's opium. Okay, it's north of eighty-five percent of the world's opium and fentanyl is consumed by us. But we're we're going to be the ones who are going to take the fight. Ah, uh, sure. We talk a lot of shit, man. And I think the great Russian scholar said it best. The American will go down into his slavery, beating his chest and proclaiming to the world how free he is. And the rest of the world will look on and snicker. This is the gorilla, and I'm out.